Have a seat. Good morning again. Uh, this morning, I'm wrapping up the uh, message series uh, called The Gravity Effect. We've been spending uh, the last few weeks looking at how our thoughts and emotions uh, can really drag us in the wrong direction, can suck us to a place that we don't want to go. And this morning, we're wrapping up by talking about the center of the storm and trouble and pressure and how that can really impact the way that we feel about our circumstances, the way that we uh, decide what to do in the midst of that pressure. Before I jump into that, I wanted to uh, review and uh, kind of highlight where we've been the last few weeks. Uh, Randy is in Texas right now with his son and daughter-in-law and Cindy. Uh, They are expecting their second uh, child, Randy's second grandson, tomorrow morning. She has a scheduled uh, C-section. The baby's name is Jeremy, so keep them in your prayers. I know that Randy and Cindy are pumped, to say the least, and uh, really look forward to hearing uh, the the hopeful news and good news about baby number two. Uh, So if you guys could keep them in your prayers, Randy's going to be back uh, on Saturday uh, before the next uh, service in Alhambra. So just wanted to let you know about that. Uh, Let's review kind of where we've been. Uh, The first thing is the focus of your thoughts is your mental center of gravity. Uh, The gravity effect is this idea that where you center your thoughts, what you choose to dwell on, what you choose to think about, this is your center of gravity. This is where the force comes. So if you are focused in a certain direction on negative thoughts, negative feelings, Uh, That's really the the flow of your life. Things will flow out of there. And it's a natural part of life. What we choose to dwell on impacts us. Uh, We've also looked at how our joy factor in life is greatly determined by what we choose to think about. And the theme verse over this whole series has been in Philippians 4. And the fact that if we choose to think about what is true, what is right, what is noble, what is pure, if we think about these things... Our joy factor in life greatly increases. And so our joy factor is really connected to what we choose to think about. And kind of as an intro statement to prep us for this morning, but also something that we've been talking about the last few weeks is the fact that uh, thinking the truth that I just mentioned and asking the right questions, uh, this helps eliminate the spiral of negative feelings and emotions. To know the truth We have to decide what God says about a specific area of life that we may be battling. And to believe that truth, we have to dwell on that. We have to focus on that. But to tell ourselves the truth, we have to know the truth. And if we know the truth and we tell ourselves the truth in the moment, God provides real help. This message gets really real this morning as we talk about trouble, pressure, pain, circumstances that we wish we weren't in, situations that we didn't see happening. Uh, Usually, there's kind of two approaches to conflict, and the same is true to approaches to trouble, and that's fight or flight. Uh, Sometimes in relationships, you may be somebody that fights that if there's a conflict, you are going toe-to-toe with that person. Or you may be a flighter. If there's conflict, you want to run away from that and act like it's not happening. From what I've discovered in my own life, I have that same tendency when I face trouble or circumstances that I wish I wasn't facing. And I'm a flighter. And that's, if trouble happens, I think if I escape the situation, the situation no longer exists. 
That doesn't make any sense. But to me, I'm a flighter. When my kids get sick, I'm, this is going to be a little gruesome, but I, I cannot stand throw up, okay? Full confession, I, I cannot stand it. And when my kids have the stomach flu and there's stuff going on, board the flight, I'm out of there. Uh, recently, my kids got sick. They were upstairs, and I, I went downstairs, and I, I hid myself away. And my wife is a good wife. I appreciate her, but I was gone. And, you know, what you do impacts your kids because about 10 minutes later, my daughter comes, and she lies right next to me on the floor, and we share a blanket. She's a flighter as well. But those two approaches really do impact in the heat of the moment when something is just going south and we can't handle it, we don't know what to do, we, we either kind of want to bail or we want to fight through it, we want to push through, we just want to get through this thing and we want wish it would end right now. If you're not sure kind of who you are when you face conflict, think about the phrases that you tell yourself when problems occur. Here's some that, that I like to tell myself. No! That's one of them. Uh, another one is, you've got to be kidding me. This is usually car related. <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. I, I, I don't know what to do. Uh, typical. I like that one. Typical. Eeyore. Remember? Remember him? Uh, what on earth? My son says that now. Thanks to me. I, they listen. Figures. Figures. I like that one too. Figures course. If it could go wrong, it's gone wrong. Murphy's Law, figures. What, what, what do you guys say? It's rhetorical. You don't have to say, let's, let's not get all crazy. But what do you say? We each have something that we kind of tell ourselves, And it may not be audible to anyone else, but inside we, we have a response when trouble hits. It could be no. It could be, oh, it could be a sigh. What, whatever happens, that kind of triggers. That's our response. That's how we view that situation. And all of us face different troubles. Uh, trouble and pressure in life is unavoidable. No matter what you do in life, no matter what career, where you live, who you are, you're going to face trouble. And it's a reality of life. And our degree that we understand how to handle trouble, the degree that we see God working in the midst of trouble, greatly impacts our life. Greatly impacts how we handle what's before us. So the point of today is to really dig in and see what are the thoughts and emotions that come to our heads in the midst of pain, in the midst of problems. And what does God want to do about that? I was reading a book, The 4-8 Principle, which I've talked about and Randy's talked about, which is based on Philippians 4-8. And it's really about thinking the truth. And this, the author, Tommy Newberry, Newberry gives some great insight. And he says this, emotions don't reveal the quality of your life. They reveal the quality of your thinking at any particular moment. There's a lot of truth to that. If you want to know the quality of your thinking, you look at your emotional response to a problem. That reflects your thinking. That reflects your view of things. Now, he says it doesn't reflect the quality of your life. I would add to that that actually over time, if the quality of your thinking is not good, it impacts the quality of your life. And so we're going to look at, no matter what we're facing, there's help. God wants to meet us in the midst of the trouble, meet us in the midst of the pain, and provide help for us. 
So I want to look at this passage in Scripture that on the surface seems to make no sense to our natural tendency of how we view problems. It makes no sense. It's counterintuitive. But it provides great insight and great help on how to make the most out of whatever that we face in life. And this is the verse in James 1, verses 2 through 4. This is talking about how our view of trouble determines its impact. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Consider it what? Pure joy. Does that make any sense? Not really. Not just like joy. It wasn't like, consider it kind of cool or kind of fun or kind of nice. Pure joy. Whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know, this is the why, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. What this passage is saying is we can consider it pure joy, this great thing, because of how God uses trouble for our good. That's a key idea idea in Scripture, that God uses trouble, pain, pressure, problems. He actually uses that for our good. I don't know about you, but in the midst of a problem, I'm not thinking that. My responses are in full gear. No, why? What on earth? But the writer here is saying, consider it pure joy. In a way, it's like considering that this is awesome that this is happening to you right now. People want to know, is Christianity really different than other religions? Is it different than other belief systems? And I would say, yeah, look at James 1. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. This idea of when you face trials of many kinds is when you fall into, when troubles just arise. And that's how troubles are. You're not expecting it. You're walking along. You're going around your priorities, the things that you have on your plate, and you fall into a trouble. It happens unexpectedly. In a relationship, somebody gets sick in the car, a tire bursts. At work, you forgot a project that you were supposed to turn in today at school you realize you had a class that you never attended the whole semester, (laughs) right? We all fall into these. And there's some different statements that this passage brings about. And depending on which response that we take when we view trouble, it, it determines the impact that trouble can have. Can it actually be used for our good or do we bail out on it and we miss an opportunity God has to teach us? So I want to go through these quickly. First is what James brings out is that trouble can be a blessing or a burden. When James is talking about considerate pure joy, this idea of considering is this idea of a judge that's reaching a verdict. When you're considering in the midst of trouble, you're saying, ah, is this going to be good or is this going to be bad? Is God going to use this for my good or is this going to be a waste of time and energy? And you're, the, 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 the scales are kind of tipping in a direction of your thoughts. Consider, reach a verdict, decide, judge for yourself. Will God use it? 
And the first thing we're considering is, is actually, can God use this as a blessing or will this be a burden? Uh, that's the pure joy. Why could we view trouble as a pure joy, as something that is great, something that is, you're excited about? Well, the first thing is, is trouble happens to everyone. So even if you're in trouble and you have no other reason to rejoice, you could say, well, at least I'm not the only one. Because trouble befalls everyone. So the first point is you're not alone. It actually proves that, that there are people that are just like you because you face trouble. We've all faced it. But I don't know about you, but my tendency is, why me? The fact is, it's not just why you, it's why everyone. We all face it. The second thing is, is that God uses trouble as a catalyst for change. God uses trouble as a catalyst for change. That's why you can consider it a pure joy. It's a blessing to us. Last night, I was flying home from Texas, and I've had just bad luck lately with flights. If there's a flight and I'm on it, and you see me, you get off that flight. And we were leaving Texas last night, and we were supposed to leave about 5.10 in the, in the evening. And, you know, then it's like 5.45, then it's 6, and it's like 6.15, 6.20, and we board the plane. And we're on, and my wife and I are like, this is crazy, we're delayed again, and oh, why, why, you know, yeah, you know. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. A whole lot of words, but a whole lot of, mo- yeah. Um, and we're, we're going, and finally it's like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to leave, and, you know, fasten your seatbelts, and everyone's like getting all pumped, and, and we leave, and then the plane does like this, this circle. It's like, wow, this is the weirdest takeoff ever. It's like a circular takeoff, and I was trying to picture, and then we go right back to the gate, and they're like, oh, sorry, the right engine didn't turn on. And we were like close to taking off. And I was thinking, well, okay, that's good. Let's figure this out. But at the same time, I'm like, well, come on, a little duct tape, little Elmers. Let's fix this thing. Let's fix this thing. And we get back to the gate. The, the mechanics are coming. They're like, we're going to open up the wing and the engine. And you're like, okay, sounds like a Lego, but it's a little more complex. And long story short, we have to deplane. And so I'm, I'm literally, uh, we have all sorts of time, so I'm working on this message. <laughs> and I looked at my wife and I said, let's consider this pure joy. <laughs> and it was kind of funny saying it. Like I, was, I, I felt like I was being cynical, but I was actually trying to do what the Bible says. And so I was like, how's this been good? And uh, I thought, well, I got a lot of work done. I was able to work on stuff that I was going to have to do when I got home. And I didn't have to do that. I had the plane to do it. So I was like, that's a good thing. And then my wife, she sees stuff very plain. She says, you know, actually, it's a really good thing because we didn't take off with an engine that didn't work. (laughs) I was like, consider it pure joy when you're delayed without being in the air when the engine doesn't work. You know, I just thought, let's just try this thing. What's good about it? That was very good. We did not take off. But it sounds funny, and you, you, know, you think to yourself, okay, there's no way. How can you consider it pure joy? But in the, in the moment, you ask God, God, I, I want to see you working here. I want to see the good that can come here. Blessing or burden. Same, the, the next thing is determination or despair. We can either choose to determine in the midst of trouble, to stand up under it, or despair. We, we'll, we'll bail. 
Uh, this is the verse in James, because you know that testing your, your faith develops perseverance. The testing of faith is that God actually uses trouble to show the validity of your faith, not the weakness of it. Trouble, it shows the validity of your faith, not the weakness of it, not the fact that you're lacking, but the fact that because of faith, you can get through the trouble. Because of your hope in God, you can endure. There's something that this passage is saying, the fact that trouble shows how big God is, not how complex we are or how capable we are. It actually shows how big God is. Because it's the testing of our faith, the fact that we're not sure how it's going to happen, how it's going to come through, but we turn to God. And we know that he'll come through. So it shows how big he is. This idea of perseverance is actually a patient endurance. The fact that we choose God in the midst of trouble, in the midst of pain, in the midst of problems, the fact that we we tell him, I'm not sure how this is going to work out. I don't know what the conclusion is going to be but I trust you, it actually develops this patient endurance that God uses over time. It's determination. God will use it for my good. I'm not going to bail. He's building something. The opposite is despair. If this trouble continues any longer, I don't know what I'll do. I don't know how I'll survive. I don't know how I'll move on. We face these emotions in the midst of it. This just exasperation comes out in the relationships with others. It comes out with the stuff and materials that we have when stuff breaks. When we had goals that we don't reach. Determination or despair. Will we stand up under it? Uh, there's a quote by Marcus Aurelius, who was a philosopher that had a lot of interesting thoughts, some good, some bad. But this was a good one. It says, if you are distressed by anything external, the pain is not due to the thing itself, but to your own estimate of it. And this, you have the power to revoke at any moment. So really, how you see the pain determines how it will be handled. Is God involved? Does he help? Will he help you if you ask him? These are questions we all have to ask. Will you trust in him or try to get through by yourself? That's a question we have to ask. But the conclusion is, if we turn to God, if we trust in him, we're saying, I don't know how this is going to work, but you will use this for my good. The last thing that this brings up is this, this idea of purpose or pain. Is there purpose to trouble? Or is it just nuisance? Is there purpose to pain that we experience? Or is it just circumstances that happen that don't go in our favor? And what we get in Scripture is that there is great purpose in these pressure points that we face. And this is, Scripture says, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. On your uh, listening guide, you have James listed there. I want you to underline, not lacking anything. That's the purpose of trouble. That's the purpose of pain, of pressure. 
the fact that God uses it to grow us so that we will not lack anything. And we grow and we become mature as we, we don't panic and we continue to be patient and wait on God to work. Uh, perseverance, that patient endurance is in the pressure, you're, you're not going to bail. The idea is if you want to if you, you know, find water and you're not sure if it's clean or not, the way that you clean it is you fire up the heat, the fire, and it burns off all the impurities. After all the impurities have been burned off, the water is good to drink. But that flame needs to boil that water. It needs to bring it to the point where all the impurities are gone. And then it can be consumed. The same is true what happens in God's purpose in, in pain. And that is, he uses pain and trouble and these things to reveal things that just are impurities in us. Viewpoints that aren't right. Uh, maybe we're clinging to some things that we shouldn't be clinging to. We're trusting in someone other than him or something other than him. And he wants to burn off these impurities. The heat goes up, the heat goes up. And we, we get this thing where it's, it's not comfortable. We don't like it. It doesn't feel right. The thoughts are coming. I want to bail. I've got to figure out a solution. This can't be right. And these thoughts are coming and coming. And, and the scriptures are saying, if let the impurities burn off. Let God work. Don't bail. Uh, if we, we bail too soon, the impurities still remain. So God wants to use it to allow you to not be lacking in anything. We all want to grow and to experience life to its fullest. I think we could all agree that we want a good life. What's difficult for us is realizing that a good life is filtered through trouble. It goes the path of pain. There's no detour. It goes right through. It's part of the journey. There's some things that you can remind yourself of that God brings in purpose that God brings just besides the pain, just that this is going to be the worst thing you've ever experienced. You're the only one experiencing this. You isolate yourself. There's actually more that God's doing. Here's some things that have been helpful to me as I faced trouble. Um, I'm a dad. Pain allows me to be a positive example to my kids and others I'm relating to on how to deal with it. Um, It also allows me to have a positive attitude about how, how God is going to use it for my good. It shows that I trust in Him, that I take Him seriously. People are watching me when I experience trouble. Alex, he, he follows God. What difference does that make when he faces this circumstance compared to when I face this circumstance? Facing trouble can actually provide skill for your life. You can endure And if you've endured this much and you face a problem, then you can endure this much next time. And if you've endured that much, you can endure this much. And so it actually brings about this this opportunity to handle all that life throws at you. And if you stay in the pressure cooker, you're ready for the next time trouble comes. And if you stay in the pressure cooker, you're ready for the next time trouble comes. And if you stay... Our ability to stay allows us to handle as trouble keeps coming at us. Again, 
shows how big God is, not how capable we are. Another thing you can think about that God works just to bring about his purposes is we're thankful for all that he's given us. When things don't go how we think they should, or when we experience loss, it's easy to, in our thoughts and in our emotions, think, my life is unraveling. No! Remember that response? That can happen, continually happen. But allows us to remember that what, what has God given you that this trouble and this pain has not taken away? If nothing else, you still have breath, you still have life. Even that is the mercy and grace of God. So gratitude. Those are other just practical things that we can thank God for in the middle of it. The, the opposite to the purpose is just dwelling on the pain. And this would be saying to yourself, this really hurts and this is hard. No one understands me. God doesn't want you to stay there. He wants you to see how big he is, no matter how big your trouble is. I want to kind of shift gears and talk about another passage that provides great insight to help us survive the storm. When the haywire and when everything is is just crazy in our life, when we're not sure how we're going to have time to do what we need to do and how we have the resources to solve all the things that are unraveling, uh, this scripture and Lamentations provide some great hope. The book Lamentations is actually interesting because it's a book about pain. It's maybe not one of those things like if you, you're just looking for like, I want kind of some good reading like that can just get me kind of excited about my day. Don't read that book. But what you find is there's so much rich insight because in the middle of pain, people are finding out so much about how life works. And same is true for us. And before this passage, this is, uh, the writer is just talking about how his life stinks. That's Alex's description. And he's actually crying out to God, basically kind of blaming God. And he's saying, you caused my teeth to grind on the, the gravel. There's trouble, and then there's like teeth on the gravel trouble. That's like another level. And, and, he's, and he's saying, you know, you have, you have left me. I am all alone. And there's just this picture of just this awful experience. But he shifts gear. He, he, he bucks up. He remembers the truth. And this is what he says in Lamentations 3. But this I call to mind. Having said all this, having experienced all the pain I've experienced, but this is what I'm going to call to mind. This is what I'm going to bring to the forefront of my thoughts. And therefore, because of that, I have hope. This is what he says. The, stad, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. In the original language, this idea of but this I call to mind, it's saying this. I'm in trouble. This is just a terrible situation and my mind is going this way, but this I call to mind. It means I will make a U-turn. I'm going to change my thinking to remember the truth about who you are. This happens to all of us. We face pain, 
and pressure, and it pulls us in a direction in our thoughts and emotions. And it pulls us to question whether God is real, question whether He loves us, question whether with Him is life any different. And the writer here is saying, but this I call to mind, despite all this stuff that I'm feeling and all these negative emotions that I'm having, I'm going to switch roads. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to make a detour. This I call to mind. I'm going to repent of this thinking. Basically, it's saying, I'm not going there. Do you ever have a thought? And you know, you're maybe driving in your car and you have this thought, and it's just this thought which isn't true at all. But because you thought it, all of a sudden, you're playing this just, let's just play out all the scenarios that could happen if that really did happen. You guys ever done that? I've done that before where like, I've act, I'm just, this is full confession. I, I've like wondered like, what if like I lost a family member? And then like I get emotional and then like I start thinking about how different life would be. And then like, I'm like welling up in tears. And then all of a sudden, I'm, what are you doing? That didn't happen. You guys talk to yourself in the car at all like that? Like, it's just me, the crazy guy on the freeway? This is the idea that I'm, I'm not going there. I could, but I'm not going there. Because that spirals me down. The gravity effect is in full effect. Pulling me, pulling me, pulling me. But this I call to mind. The mind there, this idea, is actually more of the heart. In Hebrew, in the original language, a lot of times mind and heart have the same word. But it actually is this guidance central It's this idea of, but this I bring to my inner thoughts, this I bring to my inner feelings, this I bring to my inner emotions, that what I'm thinking really isn't true. What I'm thinking really isn't right. What's right is the steadfast love of the Lord. It's forever. His mercies are new every morning. So there's a couple steps that we can take that flow from this idea of calling to mind the character of God. The first is, in the middle of what you're facing, whatever that is, you turn to God and you place hope in Him. What this looks like to me is pray. And it usually is, oh God, help. It's not that sophisticated And the worse the pressure or the harder the pain, oh God, help. And you you cry out to him. But this I call to mind. I'm going to change the road I'm on that wants me to wallow in frustration, that wants me to wallow in anger, that wants me to wallow in disappointment. But this I call to mind. The steadfast love of the Lord is forever. I'm going to change roads. I'm going to put my hope in Him and trust in Him. And the writer of Lamentations focused on three things he thinks about. And this is where hope comes from. God's steadfast love. This is really a loyal love. That's what it means. God's love is loyal. He loves you. And no matter what you do, He still loves you. If you're experiencing pain and trouble because of decisions that you've made and your mind is telling you that you've blown it and nothing that you will ever do will make it better, that is a lie. 
Because it's the steadfast love. It's a loyal love. The fact that no matter what you do, God loves you. He also thought about God's mercy. God is a merciful God. So no matter how high the temperature is and it's the boiling point of your life, there's mercy. God relieves pressure in his time. The heat gets turned down in his time. You focus on his loyal love, you focus on his mercy and then his faithfulness. What it means is the the idea of that James passage, which it makes no sense that God uses trouble for our good, we have to look and say, because the Bible says that is true, it is true. Because the Bible says that will happen, it will happen. That's what it means. God is faithful to what he says. In the middle of what I'm experiencing, when it seems like there is no hope, I remember his loyal love for me, his mercy that's new every morning. And the fact that he is faithful. He does what he says he'll do. The last thing we can learn is that God wants us in the middle of the pressure to choose faith over fear in the midst of the trouble we're facing. Choose faith over fear. Old, young, man, woman, American, English, Australian, African, no matter where you're from, We all battle faith and fear. We're all fearful of different things. Some people know about us, some that we don't say. These are just things that have crippled us because of experiences, because of things that we've done, and there's just the fear that we have. And what God wants to use in the middle of trouble is not to spiral into fear so you're crippled and can experience the life that God has for you. But instead, he wants to show you how real he is, how capable he is. If you've been checking out a relationship with God and you're trying to figure out if this Christianity thing is real, I encourage you, when you're in trouble and pressure or if you're facing a problem right now, this is a great time to discover who God is. Because if I'm reading this about God, and he says he'll do this, and this is true about his character, his love, his mercy, his faithfulness, if you ask God to help you, if you cry out to him and said, I I try to do this trouble by myself, I try to figure out how to solve my problems every time, and I come up empty, try another option. Maybe it's time to change your mind, to switch the road. To turn to him. We're all at different places, but I encourage you, if you've never made that decision to actually look to trust God, for him to be the boss of your life, for him to enter into whatever that you're facing, make that decision today. In the middle of all that is going on in your life, God will meet you there. And it may boil for a while. And everything's not going to be cleaned up all neatly. But he will walk through the problem with you, and he will show you his mercy, his faithfulness, and his steadfast love. I've experienced it. Many people here have experienced it. And we have stories that we can tell. So I encourage you, if you're, you're just trying to figure out how to get out of this hole that you're in, talk to somebody that you know. 
and ask them to share. Is this really true? For those of you that you might follow Christ, what you want to look at is what are you facing right now and have you just kind of left God out of the equation? Have you invited Him into into the pressure points right now that you're facing? Or have you spiraled into some despair? Or have you spiraled into just trying to figure it out yourself? Bring God in. Let Him work. See what He does. This stuff is, is true. So I encourage you to do that. So those are a couple next, step, next steps. Uh, there's one other statement I want to share with you, and it's in the middle of the pain, remember there is a God who cares for you, whose resources do not run out. As the band comes out, I want to walk through uh, just some next steps that you can take. Uh, you may want to memorize Lamentations 3, 21 through 24. Great passage where if you actually memorize that, you're actually memorizing a prayer. So if you're not sure what to do in the middle of the pain, you memorize this verse and you have instructions. You have a step-by-step, this is what you do. Uh, On your connection card are these next steps. I encourage you to to mark those on there. Let us know the step that you'd like to take today. Uh, Second, uh, ask God for help when you face trouble, that it will not be wasted. Ask him that he'll really use it to grow you to maybe burn away an impurity, to mature you. Uh, The next series we're going to be launching next week is called Rock Solid. And it flows right from this series greatly because it talks about, uh, in the Dime Bar Camps we'll be talking about Rock Solid, which is, is the Bible true? Is it true? Can it be trusted? And so maybe you want to invite a friend uh, to come to that. And then if you'd like to attend the parent-child dedication overview, uh, if you want to attend the the women's ornament exchange, uh, mark that on your connection card, and that will help with planning. Let's pray together. God, we, we thank you that your love and mercy and faithfulness provide hope for us. All of us at different times uh, this past week, And even today, we have looked for hope somewhere else in our own understanding, our own insight. And we just discover emptiness there. We we really can't solve the complexities of life that we we face. Uh, We may think we can, but God, it's just, there's too much. And we don't have strength enough. And so we look to you as our strength. And we want the power that you give to make the most out of the opportunities that you bring to us, good and bad. And God, help us in the middle of the pain to, to realize that you are, you are working right there. You are not absent, but you are there watching over us, pouring out your love and your mercy and your faithfulness. And we thank you for that. And because this is who you are, we can sing songs, we can pray to you knowing that you can be fully trusted. And I I pray for for any of us that just are not sure if this is real, uh, that you will draw yourself to them, that your spirit will call them forward. In the name of Lord Jesus Christ.